Money FM 89.3. Best of breakfast. The Bigger Picture, only on Money FM 89.3. A very good morning. This is The Bigger Picture with me, Imad Akhtar. The three major U.S. benchmarks trended upwards as Treasury yields pulled back from multi-year highs after the release of much weaker-than-expected jobs data. The Dow Jones broke a three-day losing streak yesterday, gaining 0.4% to close at 33,129 points. The S&P 500 added 0.8% to close at 4,264 points, while the Nasdaq gained 1.4% at 13,236 points. Global markets remain on edge after a sell-off in government bonds drove long-term borrowing costs in the U.S. and Europe to the highest level in more than a decade. So what is the fourth quarter outlook for bonds? And also what's in store for Chinese equities in the final three months of the year? Well, joining me on the line right now to discuss this is Ho Wei Fook, who's the CIO of DBS Bank. Wei Fook, good morning. How are you? Good morning. Thanks for having me. You're very, very welcome. Wei Fook, let's start off with this intense sell-off in world government bonds. It drove U.S. 30-year Treasury yields to 5% for the first time since 2007. German 10-year yields followed suit, also rising to 3%. Do you think this could be a catalyst for a global slowdown? Okay, I think uh, we are now in a very interesting interest rate uh, regime. Uh, in Singapore, you know, the recent uh, auction of treasury bills uh, yielded 4.07%. We mm. think, you know, it's the highest in 15 years, coming off from the zero-bound kind of Federal Reserve interest rate policy post the GFC in 2009. We advocate for customers to really deploy cash into income-generating assets like uh, treasury bills, you know, at more than 4%, as well as in bond funds that are, you know, invested in high-grade, low-duration bonds. The closely watched MOVE bond volatility index is also at a four-month high. Is this a signal wavefuck of investor nervousness creeping in? Yeah, I think uh, the speed of the hike uh, in interest rates and bond yields uh, caught the market by surprise, which therefore resulted in higher volatility. But really, I think it's a good time to be engaged uh, in in income-generating assets, you know, bonds, short-term bonds, treasury bills. You know, you have paid uh, pretty decent uh, yields today Mm. compared to the last 15 years. Mm. In your fourth quarter outlook, you mentioned that investors now have a preference for government bonds over income equities. Does this still hold true given these most recent developments? Yeah, I think uh, in the past when uh, rates were zero bound, we had uh, quite a meaningful exposure into dividend yielding stocks. Uh, but now with uh, where interest rates are, investment grade bonds where they are today, I think that there is a higher preference for, for this in the income generating uh, portion of our portfolio. So, you know, the way we construct portfolio is what we call a barbell approach. Mm. On one end, you buy into income generating assets uh, and that would primarily comprise investment grade bonds. Mm. Uh, actually, we do still uh, kind of, you know, like uh, Singapore REITs to some extent. Mm. I think, uh, you know, especially after they have lost some 15% from recent highs, going forward, they are going to pay us a dividend yield of uh, averaging 6%. So we think Singapore REITs together with bonds has a place in the income generating part of our portfolio. Mm. Let's talk about China now. It's uh, coming to the end of its Golden Week holiday period. Markets set to reopen next Monday. Some investment houses say Chinese equity valuations have remained 
at rather attractive levels, and that's despite the economic gloom that's afflicting the country. Why is that, Weifuk? Yeah, so China has been disappointing in the sense that uh, growth has not been stronger than we expected post-COVID, till COVID uh, policy, you know, unwind. There is a price for everything in the markets, and, and really China's stocks have been trading at a deep discount to uh, developed market equities. So mm. we think we should just stay put with our call on China, uh, but really, we only want to kind of add exposure when we see uh, stimulus, when we see concrete actions, concrete policies to stimulate the economy. Uh, as of now, we are yet to see, but uh, we think the price of the, the valuation of the markets have really kind of affected in this uh, not so positive outlook. So really... Uh, not a bad time to to just kind of uh, stay put with it. Okay, not a bad time to stay put with it. Are there opportunities you see in specific Chinese stocks? Which sectors do you feel could be profitable? Yeah, we still like, uh, you know, uh, companies there that uh, kind of feed off uh, domestic consumption growth. The the likes of the, uh, what do you call it, the platform companies, uh, e-commerce platform companies, the likes of insurance companies, uh, you know, because the penetration of insurance is really still very, very low in China. So really, uh, these have potential for long-term growth. So we continue to like them, uh, especially at current price. Let's move on to some of the risks in Chinese equities now as well. Recently, there was an informal Bloomberg News survey of analysts and money managers, and nine of the 15 respondents of that survey said that China's property sector has yet to see the worst of the crisis. Now, six of them said housing woes were the biggest risk for equities in Q4. Geopolitical tensions came in as the second biggest concern. What is your outlook for Chinese equities then in Q4? Yeah, we believe that, uh, you know, indeed uh, there are headwinds uh, coming from the property sector, Mm. uh, and therefore we are avoiding that in our China investments. now, some investors did also mention that China is uninvestable. Uh, I don't think we are there. We are going that way. You know, there is a price for everything, like I said. So really, you know, be exposed to, to you know, these uh, sectors that I've quoted earlier because they do ride on long-term domestic growth, uh, domestic consumption growth trends. Mm. So really, uh, you know, uh, at these kind of valuations, uh, we are not selling out and we are you know, staying put uh, with our exposures there. All right, Weifuk, thank you so much for taking the time this morning. All right, thank you. You're very welcome. We've been speaking with Ho Weifuk, who's the CIO of DBS Bank. Stay with Money FM 89.3. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at audio.sg or download the audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O, audio at the App Store and Google Play.